The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Friday edition of the Valentine's Podcast here on Big Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. We're coming to you as the first week of the Giants 2021 offseason comes to a close, and we've had some, some news to talk about this week. John Mara spoke, Dave Gettleman spoke as he was retained as general manager. Uh, Patrick Graham signed an extension to stay on as defensive coordinator. So uh, we'll break down some of that on today's show. And uh, here to help me do that is Patricia Trena of Giants Country and Locked On Giants. Patty, how you doing? Hey, Ed. Happy New Year to you. You too, Patty, to you and yours. Uh, hope everybody's hope everybody's well. Haven't seen you in ages. I know. It's been a crazy type of year where we've all had to work remotely, had to do Zoom calls. So really the only time I see you is on a Zoom call. I know. And that's, that's, that's crazy, but that's, that's life these days. We all, uh, we all live on Zoom. So, but it is what it is. Uh, anyway, Patty, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, about the New York Giants who finished their season six and 10, missed the playoffs. Uh, you know, had an opportunity, had the Washington football team lost to Philadelphia on Sunday night, but, uh, that obviously didn't, uh, didn't pan out. And, and as John Mara said the other day, you know, we were six and 10. We really didn't deserve to make the playoffs, which I happen to agree with. But, but the place I want to start, Patty, is, is with the news that the Giants are going to keep Dave Gettleman as general manager for a fourth season. And listen, I have written a number of times at Big Blue View and said it in various platforms that I'm not surprised by that. I always thought it came down to what ownership thought of Dave's working relationship with Joe Judge and, and how those two gentlemen got along and whether they shared a vision, you know, for how to build this team going forward. A whole lot more than it came down to mistakes that Dave might have made a couple of years ago. So I guess, you know, my question for you is, 
you know, did you see it that way? And are you surprised at all that, that Gettleman is, is going to, to be retained? No, I'm not surprised, Ed. Um, you know, when I did the breakdown of whether or not he should stay or go, I kind of figured it would go towards him staying because you've got to remember he had a different coaching staff that he was trying to please um, back in, in, in the first two years. In the first year, remember, he also came in, if you recall, and he said, oh, we can compete and rebuild, which, you know, they both admitted was a mistake, he and, and, and Dave Gettleman. But, um, you know, they they admitted it. They worked to, you know, correct the mistakes. And, you know, I know people will sit there and say, well, guess what? You know, his record over three years still stinks. And it does. I'm not I'm not denying that. But I also remember when Eli Manning was approaching the end of his career, an argument that a lot of people made was, oh, you can't keep saying that Eli won you two Super Bowls because that was years ago. You can't revisit history. You've got to stay in the present. Well, should that argument also apply to Gettleman? You know, now, again, he hasn't had a winning season, but new head coach, obviously, and um you know, this was really the best that they, they've done in the three years under Gettleman. So you have to think, based on this one year and based on what you've seen from Joe Judge, that just maybe that arrow is pointing in the right direction finally. Right. I looked at it, you know, when, when the Giants decided to move on from Pat Shermer and to keep Dave a year ago, I looked at it as a restart. You know, you, you can't magically – wipe away the first two years with Dave but really for me and I think for Giants ownership what mattered you know with a brand new head coach what mattered was how Dave Gettleman and how Joe Judge worked together what decisions they were able to make you know the personnel moves obviously free agency was a home run for the Giants um I think that in the long run, I think the Giants are going to be very happy with Andrew Thomas, and I think they're going to be very happy with with Xavier McKinney. And I know they've probably already gotten a lot more out of some of the day three picks than you know that than you can normally expect to get from from those guys. So I mean, for me, you're wiping the slate clean and saying what matters in terms of judging Dave is what matters from the time that Judge was hired, not what happened before then. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way of putting it, Ed. I mean, I know everybody wants to look at the entire record, but, you know, the, look, there's going to be years that you're, you're going to look at it and say, oh, you know, things weren't good. I mean, look at New England. Is anybody going to sit there and say that Bill Belichick suddenly is, is, is garbage? You know, sometimes stuff happens and, you know, the thing that initially I think attracted the Giants to Gettleman, if I'm not mistaken, I think he mostly had winning seasons during his time in Carolina, including one Super Bowl season. And they thought that, you know, look, he went in there, he straightened out their cap and he rebuilt that franchise. You know, a little different scenario here in that, you know, in Carolina, Gettleman had some pieces already in place, whereas here in the Giants, he didn't. So it was going to take a little longer to rebuild stuff here. And, you know, Mara has said in the past he's not the most patient person in the world, but I think he realized he needed to be patient. And you're right. Joe Judge is a big factor because if Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman didn't get along, if they were constantly at each other's throats, I don't think they would have kept Dave Gettleman this year. 
No, they wouldn't have, Patty. And, you know, you talked a little bit about John Mara, and that brings me to, you know, to the second part. We heard from John on Wednesday in his, you know, season-ending sort of state-of-the-franchise Zoom call. And there's two things, really. John talked a lot about, you know, being optimistic and, and coming away from the season with the feeling that, that the organization, that the team is pointed in the right direction. And I know people are going to say, well, they beat bad teams and they lost three straight games at the end to good teams and they only won six games, but you have to start somewhere. And I keep going back to the, to the feeling that this was a start. It was a restart for the Giants. And, and I don't know about you, but I think John is right to feel optimistic that that they're pointed in the right direction that doesn't guarantee that they'll get where they want to go but i think he's right that they're in a better place now than they've been you know as you start an off season for, for quite a while yeah i think so too ed and and if you want to really you know do an exercise this is an exercise i know i did for one of my articles on giants country go back and look at Dave Gettleman's drafts and mark out, keep three columns, players that are starters, players that are backups, and players who are either out of the league or no longer on the team. And you will find that there's a, the, a good majority of Dave Gettleman's draft picks are either starters or backups. And very few, I think about, I think it was like six maybe, if that many, are out of the league in three years. That's a way better batting average. And remember, when Dave took over Jerry Reese's drafts, we talked about, and we've talked about this before, they didn't yield any fruit. So, you know, basically the Giants' cupboard was left bare, and, and Dave had a base, it, it was almost like Dave was starting over with a, with an expansion team, if you think about it. Yeah, Dave, Dave has made mistakes. Yes, And we he has. know that. And his first Absolutely. free agent class was, was not good. No, it and, wasn't. And, and I've panned him for the DeAndre Baker move. And I, I, not because of, of all of the, the legal difficulties and all of that, but I, I always panned the DeAndre Baker move because if the Giants had stayed at 37, they would have also kept a couple of other draft picks. And had they really wanted a cornerback at 37, there were about six different guys they could have chosen from at 37. And DeAndre Baker might have been one of them. So you, you could have gotten your corner without giving up the resources that they gave up. But by and large, the pieces that Gettleman has brought in through the draft you know, while, while most, while most of them, you know, while a guy like Will Hernandez maybe hasn't become the, the, the anchor that people thought he would be, you know, most of those pieces that he's brought in early in the draft, by and large, they've, they've helped this team. And, and I think that's all you can ask. Exactly. You know, look, I look at it as <coughs> almost like a, a, a team that's starting up again. It's a, it's a do over. And, you know, I'm not saying that we should totally forget about what was done in the past because what was done in the past kind of set this up to a restart. You know, you had a coaching staff that unfortunately wasn't the right staff and you had, a, you know, in Gettleman, what people I don't think understand is he's not, he doesn't run things like the previous regimes have. Gettleman 
goes to the coach and collaborates with the coach and says, okay, guys, what do you need? Okay, they, we need a linebacker. Okay, what kind of linebacker do you need? Tell me what you're looking for. And then Gettleman, as I understand it, will go and, and, and say, okay, we have player A, B, C, and D. We're looking at, at B and C because they're within our price range. What are your thoughts? That's how I understand the process to work. And it's it's got to be a collaborative effort. It can't be one-sided because when it becomes one-sided, I mean, and we've talked about this. Remember, you know, when Jerry and Tom famously, you know, we for years we speculated whether they were on the same page. Right. And you, you pointed to certain examples where it was kind of clear that they weren't. Yeah, and, and, and I think if they're on the same page and you trust both as evaluators, then you go forward. Patty, what I wanted to ask you, you know, we were talking about John Mara and, and being optimistic. You know, John said something the other day about the fan base and, and asking the fan base, you know, to, to, to have continued patience. And he said that, that as far as he can tell, you know, most of the fan base agrees with him that the Giants are pointed in the right direction, that, you know, that, that things are beginning to turn. And, and, you know, it's easy when you, when you read the comments on a site like mine on Big Blue View, because people who comment overwhelmingly, I think, you know, people who want to say negative things will turn to comments to say them, you know, much more than, than people who feel good about certain situations. It's sort of like you hear more complaints than you hear praise about your work. I mean, is John misjudging the fan base or do you think he's right? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think for his opinion, he's correct. But is he misjudging the fan base? Oh, that's, that's a tough one. I would say... Maybe a little bit because there are some people, you know, and I'm kind of just going based on my Twitter timeline, which is really all I have to go off of. There are people who, who just believe that, you know, he's willing to accept mediocrity. And I don't think that's what he's trying to say. But, you know, because, look, Rome wasn't built in a day and a roster is not going to be built in a day. But um, people are just – I think they just have such low expectations at this point and they've lost faith that he's ever going to do the right thing because in in their minds, he had an opportunity to make things right and he didn't. And now he's just saying, well, you know, I'm right this time. So trust me this time because eventually I've got to get it right and, and just be patient with me. And I think that's some of what people think when they hear John saying, you know, be patient with me or be patient with us rather. I personally think he's he's on the right track with with his patience because you know anybody who knows anything about um, how the, how these things came together and if you go back and you look at the history of how the franchise fell apart you can kind of see that the path it's been on and yes there were the false starts if you will but um, you know people they don't want to hear it they and I don't blame them look they pay good hard money watch that team in person to they buy you know the merchandise and everything they want to be proud of it and i get that yeah and i i patty i think that i think that um you know before we take a break i just want to toss this out and get your quick opinion here you know i i think that that i judged this season on two things you really 
not wins and losses related. Did the Giants have the right coach and, and did they have the right quarterback? I think that that they have the right head coach. I don't think anyone's going to argue with that, that they have the right head coach to go forward with for the next several years. You know, they have a guy that's got, that's got a vision of, of where he wants to go and how he wants to get there. And I think it's, it's, it's absolutely clear that whether the fan base buys it or not, um, that this organization thinks it has the right quarterback. I mean, I, I continue to be very optimistic about Daniel Jones future. I don't think he's ever going to be a, a top five in the league quarterback, but I think he can be a very good productive quarterback. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think that when you talk about sort of going forward, I think those two pieces are critical and if if you're going to feel good, I think those two guys, I think, are, are reasons to, to feel good. Yeah, I think so, too. And you got to give them time. You know, this year, what a lot of people, you know, and again, I get it. You want results yesterday. I totally get it. But they had a new system. They had no off season. And if you look around the league, there were, what, five first-year coaches with new teams, you know, including Mike McCarthy, who's a veteran coach, but first year with Dallas, Ron Rivera down in Washington, and then you've got Stefanski and Matt Rule and Joe Judge. Only one of those coaches had a winning season. So it's not just the Giants. One of those coaches, you know, you're talking again, McCarthy, who's been to a Super Bowl, Rivera, who's been to a Super Bowl, and look at what their records were with, with their team. So, you know, Stefanski, I think, was the, the exception. And, and a big reason for that is because the Browns, in my opinion, went about building up their franchise the right way with draft picks and, you know, stocking stocking up. And, you know, I don't want to say tanking, but they no, did but it the took right time, way. It, it took right. time to build that roster. It didn't right. happen overnight. When he walked right. in, there were a lot of pieces already there. Right. So, I mean – I just, I just think you, you've got to look at the bigger picture here and say, look, you know, it's not like Joe Judge and the Giants were the only team that, that had a bad record amongst the, the coaches that had, you know, the teams with first year head coaches. Mm-hmm. All right, Patty, I want to take a short break here for a word from our SB Nation sponsors. And when we come back, I want to just hit two or three sort of off season topics for the Giants, uh, you know, before we call it a show. All right, Giants fans, we're back here on the Valentine's Views podcast. Ed Valentine with you talking with Patricia Trena about your New York Giants as we begin the 2021 off season. Patty, couple of, uh, couple of, of topics, you know, going into the off season personnel coaching staff wise, you know, that, that I really want to hit. Um, let, let's talk briefly about Patrick Graham. Um, I don't know about you. I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled that Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator, signed an extension to, to stay with the Giants, you know, for at least another year. I, I think, you know, Graham's probably going to get head coaching interviews again, again next offseason. Uh, I quite honestly didn't think he was going to land a head coaching job this time around, but, but you never know. Um, just are, are you as happy as as I am, and I, I don't think either one of us is nearly as happy as Blake Martinez that <laughs> uh, that that Graham is is sticking around for another year. But are, are you happy, you know, as I am that 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 Graham's going to be back next season? Selfishly speaking, yes. I mean, look, 
the Giants started something very, and they have a chance on defense to be really special. Still need a couple, you know, more pieces to that defense. Um, and they have to figure out what they're going to do between, um, you know, Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson and if they can bring both of those guys back. But, well, you, you don't want to go through a, a restart. You know, if Graham had left after just one year, you ha- you basically would have to start all over again. And now, you know, the, becomes the question, oh, does Blake Martinez fit what you want to do? Does does uh, Xavier McKinney have a spot on this team? You know, and I'm just talking, uh, you know, obviously they all fit and, ha- and and have a spot, but I'm just talking like this. So you have to go through the whole process all over again. You don't have a chance to build some continuity. And I just, the whole thing kind of reminds me of what happened with uh, Steve Spagnuolo back in 2007. Remember, he had that big year with the Giants defense. They won a Super Bowl. And remember, Washington was courting him. And uh, the Giants came through with a huge raise and and a contract extension for him. And they, I think they kept him, what, another year or two years after that? One more year. Yeah. One more year they kept And they were able to, and they were able to build. And if I remember correctly, I think they were even better the second year. Right. I think they were more consistent, but then, you know, but then it all fell apart after, after Spags left, you know, defensively. And Patty, the, the other, we've got to talk about the other coordinator, Jason Garrett. Obviously, you know, the Giants offense wasn't good enough in 2020, but Garrett is already getting, you know, head coaching interest. He's got 10 years of experience as an NFL head coach. I think he's got an interview with, with the Chargers. Who knows if he's going to get any other interviews? I thought it was revealing, uh, the other day that Dave Gettleman said the idea that Garrett could get a head coaching job kind of makes him, the word he used was antsy. And that indicated to me that that at this point, the Giants have have no intention of moving on from Garrett uh, unless he moves on from them. And in a way, I'm okay with that because, you know, part of the reason why the Giants struggled so much on offense was, you know, Saquon Barkley was was on crutches and, um, you know, that they didn't have enough playmakers. They had a developing offensive line that didn't always help Daniel Jones. So I'm okay with the idea of let's let's have some continuity here. Let's see if we can, you know, we, we know where we are. Let's see if we can go forward and build. Yeah, you know, look, I, I'm not going to lie, Ed. I had really grand expectations. I was very excited, very much in favor of the Jason Garrett hire. I, I saw what he did down in Dallas. I saw how that offense came together. And more importantly, I saw how the quarterbacks thrived in that system. And I thought he would be just a godsend for the Giants, especially with a young quarterback in Daniel Jones. Now, you throw in the fact, and again, I don't want to use this as an excuse all the time, but it, it, we have to, we have to talk about it. There was no off season. There was no uh, preseason. So pretty much it's kind of like, I can explain to you, Ed, how to play the guitar, but unless you practice it, the chords and everything, you're probably not going to be very good at it. Even though you might know how to do it, you have to actually do it to really get good at it. And it was kind of the same thing with the offense, you know, the the concepts and stuff. They were still trying to figure out. Remember how how uh, Jason Garrett kind of made waves when he said, "Hey, 
here it is, it was week five, I think, at the time. We're still trying to figure out what the players do well. And everybody was like, oh, my God, he doesn't know. Well, how could he? They didn't They didn't get a chance to see these guys until training camp, and they were still putting everything together. Well, the other, so, the other, the other part of that, Patty, the other part of that was the guy they thought they were building this offense around, you know, was out for the season. So and that's they're, yeah, they're, and that's built, the they're bringing in new running backs and trying to figure out other ways to to generate offense. Look, I'm not happy with the Giants' offense at all, and there were times when I, I you know. When I, when I looked at, at the pass routes and I'm like, I never want to see four stick routes again. You know, mm. I mean, give me a break. How do you, how do you create separation with, you know, when you send four guys out on stick routes? But what yeah. we don't know is how limited Jason Garrett felt, you know, by the various situations and, and how limited he may or may not have been, you know, sometimes when we saw the conservative approach that the Giants took, was that because Joe Judge was in his office during the week saying this is how we want to play? I don't I don't know and I think that we won't know until we see better personnel. Right. And then the other thing we don't know is how many times did Daniel Jones call for an audible? Right. That has to factor. You know, now look, I'm not saying that that, you know, Garrett did a bang up A plus job. But there are other circumstances that you have to look at. And, and, you know, you mentioned a few right there. And, you know, w- what will this offense look like with, with another playmaker or two in there? And right. what will it look like with it, with a healthy Saquon Barkley in there? Right. And with an offensive line that isn't playing three rookies and a guy playing center for the first time. Exactly. So, you know, the Patty – so we'll see. I, I I think though that it was revealing the Giants don't don't want to change, you know, uh, unless they have to. I think that what we're going to see this off season is a big effort to to upgrade the personnel and uh, and, and try to go forward, you know, with 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 better people around Daniel Jones. Patty, final thing for you, and you mentioned it as one of the biggest free agent decisions that the Giants have to make. We don't know what the cap is going to be. I think it was $198.2 million for 2020. Could go down to as much as $175 million. Uh, we just don't know. And, and as Dave Gettleman said the other day, for planning purposes and all of that right now, that's a problem. But it comes down to... You know, the Giants have Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson. And, and I think you and I would agree, and, and John Mara and Dave Gettleman and everybody would agree that in an ideal world, it would be great if the Giants could keep both guys. be fantastic if they could keep both guys, keep that defensive line together. It's a really good interior defensive line. But Leonard Williams is going to cost a lot of money. And, and Tomlinson's going to cost a lot too. And I just don't know if they can keep both. I mean, for me, I've been consistent in, you know, when, if you have to make a choice, to me, it has to be Leonard Williams. If, if you can only keep one of the two, um, just because of playmaking ability, the number of things that he can do, the number of spots he can play on the offensive on the defensive line excuse me I I think it has to be Williams over Tomlinson 
Um, you, you agree with that or disagree? Yeah, I do. I, I, I agree with that. Um, you go with the pass rush. I mean, Tomlinson did a lot. You know, he was kind of the, the guy who did all the dirty work but didn't get the credit for it, which is a shame because I, I think he, you know, I don't think people really appreciate just how good and how how much of a role he played. But you're absolutely right. The cap situation, it's a problem. And I know there are people out there that say, oh, you know, if you really want to find a way to keep a guy, you'll you'll find the money. Not so much, I think, this year because, as you said, we don't know what the cap number is going to be. Then you have some other issues with, you know, and I talked about this with um, uh, Nate Solder, you know, his contract. Do you cut him, you know, rip rip the Band-Aid off and, and take all that money up front? Or do you do a post-June 1st designation? You know, so there's a lot of decisions that need to be made, and they can't really make those decisions until they know what the cap number is going to be. But, yeah, I, I definitely think that, you know, of Tomlinson and, and Leonard Williams, you keep Leonard. I would agree. Patty, it's going to be a long off season. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Obviously, you know, free agency coming up, you know, the draft will come up. And I know that, you know, we'll be starting our draft coverage at, at Big Blue View, our, our full bore draft coverage pretty soon. Lots to talk about. Uh, a lot of things are going to happen, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, I, I think this is a, a good place to a good place to call it a day. So, uh, hey, as always. Really appreciate you, uh, you spending some time, folks. If you, uh, if you ever get tired of, of, of Big Blue View or, you know, which I don't know why you would get tired of reading Big Blue View and, and need another giant source, uh, check out Patty's work at, uh, at Giants Country. So hey, Patty, thank you very, very much for, uh, for joining the show. Thanks, Ed. All right, Giants fans. As always, thank you very, very much for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye now.